Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! An incredible win on Monday Night Football versus a division rival to open a season by the Jets and an unbelievable loss to have Aaron Rodgers leave his first Jets start, maybe his only Jets start, after four plays lost for the season. We'll try to make sense of it all here on the Can't Wait Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tim McMaster along with Zach Rosenblatt, our Jets reporter at The Athletic. Please subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching us, give us the thumbs up and give us a great review if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. Uh, we're going to get to all the positives from Monday night because honestly, this team showed all the talent it had. The defense, dominant, Brees Hall, explosive, Garrett Wilson, special. But we're also going to ask the question of, does any of it matter without Aaron Rodgers? Also, one show note, we are starting a pick-em pick pool week two. Yeah, we're a week behind. It took us a little while to figure out the kinks, but we're going to get it started up for week two. Uh, I will put the link to that in the comment section. We already have a good amount of people signed up, but we will track it all season long. If people have special weeks where they go, you know, have a perfect week, we'll have them on the podcast if they want to come on and we'll talk about who's leading and all that stuff. So it's a new way for us to do our pick'em stuff. Marissa's already signed up as well. Um, try to get Connor to do it. All, all the friends of Can't Wait hopefully uh, participate in the pick'em pool all season long. All right, enough of that. Let's move on to the news. Uh, whew, Zach, first pass, fourth play, he goes down. Tom Pelissero just reported, he's the first to report here just a few minutes ago before we started the pod, that the MRI has confirmed that it is a full tear of the left Achilles. So Aaron Rodgers' season is over. Who knows about his career? He turns 40 in December. Um, Let's just go back to the moment first, and then we'll go from there. You're in the stadium. He carries the flag out. It's electric. And then I think less than 30 minutes later, he's being carted off the field. And just what was going through the, the press box, the stadium, what was the vibe there? Man, it it still is kind of like surreal. Like it does, It's one of those things that I don't think people reacted like in the moment because it just like, I think everybody was just waiting for somebody to be like, nah, he's fine or whatever. Like it, So as you said, so I, 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 I checked the timestamps at 8.09 p.m. He ran out of the tunnel with the American flag to some of the loudest cheers I've ever heard at MetLife Stadium. Um, and I'm sure Jets fans would agree it was as loud as it, it got. And then I think it was 8.23 p.m. is when he hit the ground and he stayed down. Or first he stood up and then he went back down. And um, I think the Jets knew pretty quickly that it was serious. I think they were trying to be optimistic. But by the time he got the x-ray and went in the locker room and got it checked, like I just... <laughs> I'm like at a loss for words. It's I've written about it and even then I don't know what I wrote. I I just... <laughs> It, yeah. it, I said this to um, another reporter. It's almost as if the last five months didn't happen all of a sudden. Like, we're back where we were. 
before this. Like it, it, they pulled out the win, and we'll get to that because it was a phenomenal effort. Great coaching, great defense, like just really, really gutty, and like really showed what this team is made of around the quarterback. But like we're back at Zach Wilson being the full time starter. Aaron Rodgers threw one pass as a Jet, and I'm sure we're going to get into the future of this. Like it's an it's possible that's the only pass he ever throws as a Jet. Like that's that's at least a in the realm of possibility. Like whether you believe he's going to go out like that or not, like we can discuss, but. Um, it's just shocking. Like I've had, I've had a hard time with my brain wrapping around it. You know, I got back pretty late, but even then, I had a hard time falling asleep because my my mind was racing. Got like two hours of sleep. Um, haven't really eaten today, so if I'm talking nonsense, I apologize. Although I guess I normally talk nonsense, so it's not that different. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just in the stadium. Like I, I would say, the thing that surprised me the most, and maybe it's because in the stadium, maybe fans like weren't as like tracking it live as like I was in the press box or you were at home. Um, the crowd was at, st- stayed loud the entire game. Like I, I didn't think the noise let up. I'm sure there were a lot of people freaking out in there. The crowd really stayed into it. I, I, a lot of times when something like that happens, there, there could be like a, you know, a, a deafening silence that washes over a stadium, especially something so devastating as that. Especially, you know, just the buildup, the joy everybody had. Like we've talked over and over again about how happy Jets fans were all offseason and I spent my whole life with knowing Jets fans, and the only way I would describe them is depressed for their entire lives. And, and they had this moment. Everybody was happy, excited, talking Super Bowl, uh, talking smack to other fan bases. The Jets, like, I, I had a story that, you know, Cole takes exposed. I had a story that published on Monday at The Athletic about how um, Aaron Rodgers has the Jets believing. It was just about how happy everybody was and how he, like, changed the the way the organization operates. <laughs> and... and within four plays he was it was done his season's over like it it's really hard to fathom when you like have a build up to something and then it just ripped away like I don't even know what to compare it to I'm gonna have to think about it but it, I just in all, in the history of insane and unfortunate Jets things that have happened I can't imagine many things worse than this like in in terms of like the bad luck of this organization like if you want to believe the Jets are cursed then you got your evidence last night. Yeah, I mean, and and when you say, you know, when you think of the history, the thing about the Jets is, and this is terrible, but when things like this happen to the Jets, the franchise is so, has such a, we'll use the word cursed, is so cursed that there's always something from the past that you can compare it to. It's not even like, oh, this is an unprecedented event because within, you know, moments of it happening last night, the immediate reaction, I think, from a lot of fans, and I, they even brought it up in the broadcast, was 1999. Yeah. Vinny Testaverde, the team had Super Bowl He was Bowl the honorary hopes. captain. Torn Achilles. I mean, he was in the stadium. He, 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 him yeah. and Rogers touched each other at the coin toss. He like passed the Maybe curse on to him problem. or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's man. the sting. It's like in the horror movies when like somebody passes like the demon on to the other person so they can survive. Like, it's just like. I mean, it, that's that's the most Jets part of of it. Like the last time it happened, the guy was there and. Testaverde came back, but he was younger than Rodgers. He had an Achilles right, injury also. I believe he ruptured yeah. his Achilles. Um, I have to look back. So I And I think Rodgers just tore it. I think rupture is worse. I'm not a doctor. I shouldn't say that. Rupture, I believe, is when you see it, it rolls up. Mm. Like you almost see it roll up and bump around, bunch around the cat, which is disgusting, yes. which didn't happen to Rodgers. You, you could visibly see that. So I think that's a rupture versus a tear is obviously. But I think either way, you're looking at like a 12-month recovery, right? Like for a, And that's not necessarily for a 40-year-old. Yeah, so. that, that's 
again, like it's hard to even think about the future part of it because that's so far away from now. But it's hard not to. Um, I mean, I he was ninety percent retired as recently as January. Whenever it was he went into the darkness retreat, um, I think he went in in February. But I imagine leading up to that, he was ninety percent retired. So what she said, he came out wanting to play again. And you know, if you if you look back at some of his quotes where he talked about, you know, this is going to be a few years partnership. But, you know, who knows, based on team success or health, what will happen. Right. And this is as worst-case scenario as can get. I think there are probably people, anti-Jets people, and I know some, who would say stuff like, well, they're the Jets, so obviously, you know, it's going to go terribly. Like, Rodgers is going to, his leg's going to snap in half or something like that. And <laughs> But no, I don't think anybody actually thinks that kind of thing's going to happen. His leg didn't snap right. in half. But, um, yeah, it's just... I mean, you feel for feel for Rodgers. You feel for this organization. You, you know that that coaching staff knows they were coaching for their jobs anyway. Now they have to do it again with Zach Wilson. If they, I mean, they're they're gonna have to go out. And, they're gonna go out and earn their jobs because now they're gonna have to. It's basically gonna be what it was last year, except everybody's healthy at the moment. So you have Brees Hall, which once they lost him, everything went to shit. They have AVT. The defense is still intact. I mean, the offensive line you we can talk about at some point. Um, but you have Garrett Wilson, a, a year older. Um, I think the receivers, there actually might be some iffiness there. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, there's just like some, my mind just going everywhere, but it's just like, um, the Rogers fact, like, yeah, he's, I mean, he's 40 and he was close to retired anyway. So that's going to be the biggest question for the next year. And then if he does want to come back, like that's a 40 year old coming off an Achilles, like, so how, how much can you rely on that? Like, so there's just like a lot of questions about what this means for the future, but there's a long season ahead. And so Zach Wilson can go out and prove that he's the guy that they drafted. I don't think he necessarily showed that last night, but um, this is his job. And I don't think anybody's going to take it from him unless they make a splash, which we'll get into. I don't think they'll yeah, make we'll it like a it. splash splash, but yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into Wilson. Um, just, you know, we've talked about it on the show. Like Zach, you didn't grow up rooting for the jets. Yeah. I didn't grow up rooting for the jets, but like been doing this podcast for four years now. I had like a sick feeling in my stomach last night yeah. watching the game because it's just I've like doing the show and, and interacting with with fans through it. I've become like, if not a Jets fan, an honorary like Jets supporter, like for the good of everything. And like I was really rooting for this season to be special for this team. And yeah, it just it rips your heart out. But um, one thing you do have to think about, too, and we're going to get into the blame game as well in a second. But one thing I wanted to brought up because it just popped into my head was the Jets made the choice, and this is on Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, they made the choice to go with the 39-year-old future Hall of Famer instead of the younger quarterback options that were available sooner. They waited and waited in hopes of getting Rodgers, and now that decision looks like a bad one. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily blame them for that because, you know, this was a freak Injury, yeah, it is. But, it is. I but mean, to your point, it's like probably not fair because so, those guys could have gotten hurt. Yeah, too. yeah. And Never. I mean, to your point, like this was like an all-in on this year season, and they were going to ride or die with whatever happened this year. And now, unfortunately, the worst-case scenario happened. Whereas, like you know, a Derek Carr, a Jimmy G, I don't know. Like those are probably guys that you probably could have banked on being here a year or two from now, in theory. But um, I think just the I think when you if you have a chance to get someone like Roger, you go and get him. So I don't blame Joe Douglas for that at all. Um, you know, you could you could blame him for the construction of the offensive line, certainly, and that kind of is part of what led to what happened. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's uh, 
what I would say is number one, like to your original point you were making, like I, I feel for the fans above all else. Cause th- this was, you know, as angry as they usually are at most things, they're pretty happy. Um, and, and now for the rest of their lives, you know, depending on what happens this year, even if the jets made the playoffs, if they lost in the playoffs, it's still going to be the ultimate. What if, well, we got to the playoffs with Zach Wilson. What if we have Aaron Rodgers, we would have won the super bowl. Like it's, it's just going to be the, what if is going to be lingering. It's going to be right. the, the what if to end all what ifs for this organization. And, you know, they finally had a quarterback after years of misery and, you know, misery, thy name is, is Jets quarterback. As I wrote in a, I was, I, th- I don't know if that made it into the story the other day, but that's a, a line I wrote. And it's just, it's the truth. It's just over and over again. This team just has the worst luck. Geno Smith gets punched in the face. Sam Darnold gets mono, um, you know, Mark Sanchez, butt fumble, like the, <laughs> Mike White's ribs get cracked like all all this all this stuff this freak stuff that happens to this team it just it just sucks all right well the easy blame is hey the offensive line isn't good and they got pressure on every play Rodgers was in there and he ended up getting hurt but let's let's peel back the onion a little bit more than that Zach there's some other things to when we play the blame game here one thing that you reported this morning, along with Diana Rossini. Diana, welcome to the, the Athletic family. Yeah, we're going to get her on here soon. For a couple of weeks now, yeah. Um, awesome to have her uh, on the team. But you guys reporting that Rogers himself wasn't happy with the cut blocks early. And we, in our text thread, Zach, were actually commenting on the fact that in that first series, there was a couple of times when the tackles just did the cut block, just dove at the legs of, yeah. of the rushing passer. And it doesn't allow the quarterback to kind of waste time, I guess, or delay. He's got to get rid of the ball. Rodgers clearly didn't. So that's one area you can go with the uh, the blame game is the play calling and coaching of the offensive line on those plays. Yeah, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people react to that report about how, well, you could have changed at the line or or didn't you have a, this great relationship with Hackett or blah, 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 all that stuff. The, the first 10, 15, or 20 plays, I forget the number, are scripted usually. So the concerns that he expressed were leading up to the game is what I would say. And I don't think usually you're going to audible out of scripted plays. And I, and you know, ultimately I, th- I think if you watch that replay, maybe Rogers could have gotten rid of the ball quicker or whatever, but ultimately, yeah, I think yeah. it was, it wasn't, that was just a point to be made about this happened on a play that Rogers had expressed that he didn't want to want to run. Um, and when you could take with that, what you want, I think it, it is, you, you could criticize the play calling in that in that in that case, and we're going to see how the play calling looks going forward. I think Hackett came here and largely he got here before Rodgers, but you know w- when he had Rodgers in the building, you know he he and him are the same brain, and or they were, I guess, except for this moment. But um, I uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hackett is going to be under a lot of pressure to run this offense after he didn't do a great job last year in Denver. So, um, but yeah, that was. That was something that Rodgers had expressed I didn't like, and they did it, and then it went disastrously, and you could blame who you want. I, I, in the moment, like watching the game live, when you you see the – like you're you're watching the quarterback, and then you look, and Mekhi, first, the first time Mekhi Becton is just like on the ground, and the guy's pressuring Rodgers, throws it away, and then the second time Dwayne Brown's on the ground, and the guy's sacking Rodgers, and you're like, what? Did they just fall? Like what happened? And then you watch the replay, and you see they did a cut block, and it's like, was there a commu- miscommunication or something? But clearly, that was the planned play, um, and they it just didn't work out. So um, it's going to be something to keep an eye on. Like Zach Wilson does have better escapability, so it'll be interesting to see um, if they still do that. Maybe that's a. It seems like maybe that's a part of Keith Carter's uh, running, like the coaching, and 
and the way they block and Nathaniel Hackett and the way they operate up there. But um, yeah, it's going to be something to keep an eye on if that's the kind of plays they're going to keep running. And if Zach Wilson is capable of getting the ball rid of the ball quickly like that. Isn't it? I think one question we're going to find out the answer to, right? Is, is Nathaniel Hackett a great offensive coordinator without Aaron Rodgers? I mean, that that's history says no so far on like, right. Maybe that's harsh, but I think that's, if you look at what happened in Denver, it wasn't great. And, I think he called plays at one point in Jacksonville, and then he didn't by the end, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, I mean, he this is going to be this is going to be make or break for his coaching career because if it doesn't work for Hackett here, I don't think he's going to get another job anytime soon. It was pretty disastrous in Denver, so um, there's a lot of pressure on him. As much as you know, I guess arguably there's not as much pressure because he didn't doesn't even have to be here because he's getting paid by the Broncos still. But um, <laughs> but you know, Salah invested in him. As the offensive coordinator, he he brought him in after letting go of his friend. So, um, yeah, we're going to find out what Hackett is made of as a play caller, what that play calling commission with him and Todd Downing and Keith Carter. And, you know, he referenced, like, some other guys being involved. But that trio is running this offense without – especially now that Rodgers isn't there. He was basically the co-offensive coordinator. Now Rodgers is out. Unless he comes to the sideline as a player coach, which, I don't know, maybe he will. Um it's going to be Downing, it's going to be Carter, it's going to be Hackett, and you know they're going to make or break this offense with those guys. And and some of it will be their fault if it doesn't work, and some of it will be Zach Wilson. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting balance because last year a lot of the blame was put on the floor, and I think a lot of it was justified. Uh, we're about to find out how much of it was the floor, how much of it was Zach, how much of it was what Sala wants to run. Like We're going to learn a lot about the operation over the next 17 weeks. All right, one other thing talking about like what's to blame for this injury and it's the turf is a possibility right although most people say the turf fell better last night yeah. and in the giants game on sunday than it has in the past um but there's still a lot of players out there uh, the majority of the players out there that will tell you grass is better turf is bad grass gives when your leg gets caught turf doesn't it goes back into your body you talk to a bunch of players after the game about that zach diana to her credit, got a lot of the quotes about the turf, but I, okay. I was there for Randall Cobb, who was very, very harsh about it. He basically said how it's money over players or whatever, um, yeah. and how they've been fighting for grass. Like I think as NFLPA, they've been fighting for that, and because they had that whole stance that everybody took last year, because people kept getting hurt at MetLife. Um, I I don't know. I I haven't watched the replay enough times. I'm sure a lot of people have to like see if like the grass really had. Maybe it did. Um, I know. A lot of guys hate turf. I think that's still the belief. It, it, it seemed like some guys were okay with it last night, but I don't know if there's something to be said about switching to grass. So I'm curious if and when Rogers talks again, and maybe that'll be on McAfee today. Maybe it won't. He'll be on there at some point this year, even if it's not today. I'm sure he'll address whether he thinks it was the grass's fault or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just something to keep an eye on, and it's unfortunate that you have to deal with the conditions in addition to all the other stuff that happens in a football game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's talk about Zach Wilson next um, and maybe who else could play quarterback as well. But first, Zach, who, you know, he wasn't expecting. You have to be ready to play. You're a backup quarterback. Yeah. But it's week one of the season. Aaron Rodgers is there. You would imagine that he didn't actually think he was going to get in and play this game. Plus, the whole point of this or one of the points of this Aaron Rodgers thing, besides going and winning a Super Bowl, was – Zach Wilson doesn't have to play, and maybe sitting and watching, he can continue to progress, and, and who knows, down the road. Uh, now he doesn't get that again. So once again, Zach Wilson won't get to watch and learn, and he's going to have to play and learn. Uh, I didn't think he played well last night. He showed a few. There's a few flashes, right? Every once in a while, he throws a laser in a tight spot, yeah. and you're like, well, there it is. Um, but there was a lot more bad, including the interception, which was terrible. I th- the quotes from Troy Aikman on the interception on the broadcast, he said, just a terrible read by Zach Wilson. And then they came back <laughs> oh to God. it later and he said, that's pretty basic football right there. It's not about having not played much or training camp or anything or a new offense. So Yeah, there's, pretty- there was a clip of Peyton Manning on the Manning cast, too, where... Wilson was like going back. He's like, oh, okay, just go backwards. Why not go backwards? Like Manning was just like exasperated with Zach Wilson too. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, like it was kind of kind of looked like how it did at the beginning of last season, like where Zach would yeah. have some flashes and he would mix in some really bad throws. And then you look at the end of the game, he has like hundred something yards, and the Jets' defense and running game carried them to a win. Like it's the exact formula from the six and three start. I don't know if it's, we learned last year it wasn't quite sustainable. I think losing Brees definitely contributed to that in the offensive line injuries they had. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole offseason, the whole idea, and the Jets coach has said this enough times that you better believe him. They kept saying that, you know, they think Zach would do well to sit back and watch and learn from Aaron Rodgers for a season and then, you know, regroup. You know, they started from ground zero. They were very conservative with him in the preseason. Um, like, the plan was not to play him. Like, if, if everything went well, he would not have seen the field this year unless there was, like, blowouts. Like, um, but here we are. He's a starter. They need to make him ready. Uh, he needs to show that he learned from last year. There's a lot of pressure on him again, and he didn't handle that pressure particularly well last year. He, he seems – I wasn't at his press conference last night because I was going around the locker room, but generally he has seemed a lot lighter and like he's having more fun, and I know he had a bad relationship with LaFleur. Seems like he has a better one with Hackett and Downing um, and Rodgers. I'm sure Rodgers will still support him. But, you know, last year the receivers threw him under the bus more than on more than one occasion, both – publicly and privately which i wrote about in my story back in january like everybody turned on him as a quarterback not as a person but everybody turned on him as a quarterback last year now they all have to rally behind him and they didn't want to rally behind him last year and now they have no choice because you know mike white is not here to save the day again it's it's tim boyle and nothing else and maybe that's our next topic i'm sure um about other options but like there's no savior coming. Whoever they get is not going to be someone who's going to lead them to a Super Bowl. The best you can do is hope you get somebody who, if Zach Wilson fails, that they can help them to the playoffs. And right now, that's the goal. You make the playoffs. The Jets have made the playoffs in a long time. That's a successful season at this point. It's changed quite a bit from Super Bowl or bust talk, which I never believed anyway. But 
this is not a Super Bowl team with what they have a quarterback right now. They have a Super Bowl defense. They have a Super Bowl number one wide receiver and a Super Bowl running back. Um, but they do not have a Super Bowl quarterback, and I think you need that. It'll be interesting to see um, once Rodgers is kind of, you know, back, obviously, surgery and all that stuff. But if he is becomes kind of like an extra coach on this team or if he kind of like fades into the corner, I, I don't know. But, I, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Got, I mean, I, you know, if, if I was predicting, I would guess maybe he's not on the sideline, especially with that Achilles. But, you know, it, I think that would be pretty telling about how he feels about his future here. If he's sticking around, I think maybe that's a good sign that he wants to fight this out. If he relocates to Malibu to rehab, which you know would be understandable too, because that's where he's comfortable. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't fault him either yeah. way. I, but I'm just I, I, but my point being, like, if he goes to Malibu, then maybe I'm less confident that he's, or he's probably going to take the year to think about it. Honestly, knowing Aaron, like he's not going to decide right now. But um, yeah, that is going to be interesting because you know he was basically a coach the entire offseason and seemed to be enjoying it. He might, I don't know if he'll enjoy it as much considering he wants to be out there, but. Um, that, that is going to be one of the biggest questions I have in the coming weeks. Like, is, is Aaron going to stay around? Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, other quarterback options. And this isn't – it's a little bleak. But um, the names are familiar. Yeah. That's, the, that's what I'll yeah, say. Yeah, the story – that'll be on the website soon. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll so go through some of the options now. Yeah, let's get through some of them. Uh, Tom Brady being thrown out there. We'll just throw that one away. Yeah, we can. Uh, uh, we can just. That's not happening, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Jameis Winston. Let's go. You want to go through these quickly and just say like, what do you think that the realistic possibility is, and how the player might fit in a few sentences? Jameis Winston. J- Jameis, I think, is the most intriguing one of the list that I sent you, and on the list that I have, um, because number one, like. He's proven capable. He has like an NFL arm. Like he has legit arm talent. He's turned the ball over a lot in his career and he's had some injury stuff, but legit arm talent. He's a guy that people love in the locker room. He'll be able to rally the troops. He hasn't been a full-time starter in a little while. Uh, in New Orleans, I know he's beloved there. And he also felt like scorned by like getting bench for Andy Dalton last year. So it, maybe the Saints would want to do him a solid by trading him somewhere. He'd be a starter. I don't think it would cost a lot. So I think he's the most intriguing one out of all the options that are theoretically available. Um, and so, yeah, I'd put him at the top of the list if I was making a list of like who they should go after. All right, Carson Wentz. Oh, God. I just... free agent. Guy almost won an MVP. He did. And if you look at his numbers, in, in the year since, he fell off, and the numbers he had would be like the best quarterback season. Even his season with the Colts, that was a disaster. <laughs> like 27 touchdowns and seven picks, I believe. Um, but... You know, last year he was awful for Washington. He's been run out of the building in three different organizations that, you know, traded a lot of draft capital to go and get him. And, yeah, I just – he's not a locker room guy, and this is a team that has a really valuable and, you know, cherished locker room. He's the best free agent in terms of what he's capable of doing, I suppose, but I wouldn't touch that. Joe Douglas knows him as well as anyone. If they brought him in, that would mean Joe Douglas trusts his ability to fit in because Joe Douglas was there when he was drafted by the Eagles and was there in 2017 when he had his best year and after he tore his ACL and all that stuff. So I think that's why you're going to see his name bandied about, but I wouldn't do it. Ryan Tannehill. See, that that was – I haven't seen that on Twitter. That was more of a me thing. I He was one of the guys that if Rodgers wasn't the one, he was a fallback uh, for them. Him, Carr, and Matthew Stafford were the three guys they also would have went after. Um 
Tannehill was an absolute disaster in week one for the Titans, probably lost in the game. He had three picks. Uh, I believe he completed less than 50% of his passes, no touchdowns. The Titans, I think they probably view themselves as a playoff team. I don't know why you would go and get DeAndre Hopkins if you didn't, but they also got rid of a lot of guys. They'd save a lot of money by getting rid of them, and they have a couple young quarterbacks in Malik Willis and Will Levis. Like So maybe if they just want to save money and just see what they have in those young guys, like Tannehill would be a fine stopgap if he's better than he was in week one. Um, so that's why I put him on the list. A few more here. Matt Ryan. Yeah, he's he's the other free agent option. He pro- he's probably a better option than Wentz, I should have said. Um, he's Is he 40 yet? I can't remember. Um, I have it right here. I don't think so. He is 38. Sorry, very young Thank compared you. to Aaron Rodgers. Um, he had a bad year in Indianapolis last year, but if you remember the circumstances, it was pretty toxic, bad O-line, everybody got hurt. Um, got benched, got put back in, benched again. He's currently an analyst, but he did not officially retire, so he's out there. I, he's If they're going to go for a big name, he's probably the most gettable one, I would say, like easiest where you don't have to maybe pay much or deal with trading for him. I don't see it happening, but I could see why the Jets would consider that. Philip Rivers. The only reason why he's even like listed is because there was that report that the Niners – uh, we're planning on signing him if they'd made the Super Bowl last year because all their quarterbacks got hurt. He had pretty good numbers his last year in Indy, but that was two years ago. I don't know if he's in playing shape or not. He's pretty slow. This offensive line isn't amazing. So, I, again, he's one that, like, you could survive with him probably, depending on, like, what he has left in the tank, but I, I, don't, I don't see it. And one last one that on the list that you sent me is – just won't go away. Joe Flacco. It, it just feels like it's going to happen, doesn't it? Um, at, at the very least for this next week to be the backup or if they can't get like a better option. I, I, I get the impression they are working the phones. I don't know what that entails. Um, but somebody somebody suggested Bailey Zappi in the chat. The Patriots signed him back to their 53, so he's not an option anymore. Um, Marcus Mariota is on my list. That's going to be going up, but he's not very good either. But, yeah, Flacco, you know, Robert Sala loves him. He had that Browns game last year that we'll never forget. Um, but he's not an NFL starting quarterback at this point. So you, I'd rather roll with Wilson, honestly. But um, And somebody just said Teddy Bridgewater. The Lions signed him. I don't think they're going to trade him unless the Jets gave up something good. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, let's move on to one last thing. Let's end the show on a positive note. Let's talk about the positives on Monday night. Yeah, the game that the Jets won. Just a reminder. They just pulled that game out. They were down 13-3 to at the half. Uh, they had never beaten the Bills in a game when they trailed by eight or more points at halftime. 0-54 wow. ever, and they win that. Um, and so many moments, too. But I think the things that stand out, right, and we'll go through them one at a time, but it was the defense, it was Brees Hall, it was Garrett Wilson, and it was the game winner by the undrafted free agent, Xavier Gibson. But let's start with the defense because, really, the defense won this football game. Um, dominant against a team that has electric players, has an offense that that 
thinks they can go to a Super Bowl and has a quarterback who's a perennial Pro Bowler, right? But like they have his number oh my God, now. Like crazy. last year was very similar. They really, you know, Allen couldn't figure it out. But last night, five, sacked five times, turned it over four times. The three interceptions by Whitehead. They were there was pressure all the time. They ran. They actually ran the ball decently um, at times with uh, with Cook's brother Jeez. running the ball a little bit. Um, but overall, this defense was. I don't. I, I almost don't even want to say like everything we thought they were because in they a lot better. of ways I was more impressed than I thought they were going to. They be, forced right? turnovers. Um, yeah. I mean, we should we should highlight off the bat Jordan Whitehead because I think he got a lot of flack last year because it wasn't an amazing year. But Salah said all offseason, anytime you ask about Whitehead, if he had caught a few of the interceptions that he dropped last year, he I think Salah said he counted four. Then we would have ta- been talking about him as a Pro Bowler, All Pro. He caught all three of the ones that were, you know, to, to to his credit, he caught them. Josh Allen did, like, throw at least two of them, like, right to him. Um, like, on brutal, like, just deep passes that just, like, sailed past the receiver. But Jordan Whitehead, man, he, second year in the system, he's a guy that, you know, I remember last year in training camp, he was, like, one of their best players. And then he had a little bit of a tougher time because he, he was targeted quite a bit and wasn't getting much help from Marcus Joyner next to him. He had an amazing game. The defensive line, they did that rotation again. Pretty much everybody got in on the mix besides like Solomon Thomas. I mean, um, Quentin Jefferson, who we didn't really talk about in the pod much, but I thought he had a really good camp. He had two sacks. Jermaine Johnson looked really good. He had a sack, I believe. Yeah. Bryce Huff, our boy, had a sack. Al Woods had a sack. John Franklin Myers was all over the place. Quentin made a few plays. That D-line was just dominant. Will McDonald didn't really do much, but his first game. Carl Lawson, by the way, didn't play, which is notable. I actually forgot yeah. about that. Um <laughs> He was a yeah, he was a health, he was a stuff. healthy scratch. Wasn't on the injury report all week. I think there's that's just load management. There's easing him back after he missed a lot of camp with a lower back injury. I think Jermaine it's going to be hard to take Jermaine off the field now. Personally, I think so. It'll be interesting to see how uh, how Carl works in. Michael, someone mentioned Michael Clemens too. He he forced the fumble, I believe, didn't he? He did. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. He, yeah, he lit up uh, Josh Allen. So we talked so much about his press conferences and his personality. It was awesome. He's got to see talent. Him. Yeah make a play like that on um, the field. You know who I didn't mention? Quincy Williams. Yeah. Who was he was great. Flying all over the field, sideline to sideline. Had the pass defense like in the end zone yeah. in the first half, a key play. And I think he ended up with ten tackles. Um and he didn't seem like the thing we always talk about with Quincy, right, is that he makes he makes the big explosive play and, and he makes these amazing plays. But then sometimes He's out of place, or he's he's not necessarily in the right. It didn't seem like he had the mistakes either. It seemed like he was just on last night. Yeah, he's a, he's a guy that the Jets deserve a lot of credit for developing because every year he gets better, and he's just a great athlete. And he was all over the field last night. You notice him more than C.J. Mosley, um, and that was that was a huge game. And I thought it was interesting. They almost they only used three linebackers on four snaps. Jamie and Sherwood only played four snaps last night. They used four safeties. On 10 snaps where Adrian Amos was the uh, three safeties, not four, uh, where Adrian Amos was in there. He started the game, and Michael Carter the second played a lot, obviously. But, um, you know, and the, the other matchup that we were watching was Sauce versus Stephon Diggs, and I think Diggs was winning it early. And then, you know, as the game went on, Diggs kind of, like, disappeared a little bit, which is kind of how it went last year. But overall, like, there's not really much you can blame for that defense. You know, they, they were clearly gassed late in the fourth quarter when – the Bills pretty easily went up the field and kicked that field goal to go into overtime, but then the Jets came right back around, stopped them in overtime, and then, which is the next person we should probably talk about, uh, Xavier Gibson, 
who we were very high on on this podcast, and I've been high on him. Um, and I asked Garrett Wilson about him the other day. He had this long, raving quote about how the kid's going to be a star if he just keeps being as consistent as he was. Like, people love him in that building. That's been the case since the beginning of training He's camp. He's a star of hard knocks. He's a star of hard yeah. knocks. People talked about him by the end. Like, you would ask about him, and then you would ask about Brownlee. It was clear they were they really believed that Gibson was going to be something. And then he had, ran for that punt return touchdown. Like, that was... That what a way to walk off! What a, what an awesome debut for an undrafted rookie kid from Stephen F. Austin. Like um, five foot eight, didn't get drafted. Uh, he's gonna be a fan he was favorite. The interview, the post. Oh, was he? I didn't even see that too on ESPN. And he's yeah, a great kid. I've talked to him a bunch in the locker room. Um, excited to, uh, to write about him at some point. Just one of the maybe the biggest winner for, of the day. Like he just, and I think he's eventually gonna have a role on offense because I don't know if Cobb's gonna survive seventeen games and. Uh, McCole Hardman, by the way, played zero snaps on offense. I, I had yeah. fans at one point in training camp where I pointed out that Cobb was pretty clearly going to play over Hardman, like get mad at me. So, you know, I don't want to say I was right, but I was. Um. <laughs> one thing I thought of when right after Gibson ran that back for the touchdown was if Corey Davis doesn't retire, mm. would Gibson have made the team? And Brownlee have been released. Like what? Yeah, it's I just think like these that, or, little or, or, things or that Charles, I guess, because they have seven receivers. But oh, that's right, that's right. Okay, All right. but so, uh, yeah. So Gibson, and then you know, as we, I'm sure you're going to transition to offense next. We already talked about a lot about Zach Wilson, but get, so Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson would be the two to talk about positively. Obviously, yeah. Brees, like he still clearly is not like his full self explosiveness wise. Otherwise, he would have scored on that 80 yard run. But that's fa- what I was thinking yeah. too. Although he also would have scored if get, and I'm not. I can fault Garrett on that. I mean, obviously, the play of the game was that catch. But, yeah. like, Garrett thought Brees still had the speed yeah, from yeah, last yeah. season because he started celebrating, celebrating <laughs> instead of blocking the guy that ended up tackling Hall on the play. Yeah. And they ended up only getting a field goal on that drive, too, so it really mattered. Yeah, but, like, I, I, I'll i I'll cop to it. Like, I was wrong. I thought Brees was going to take a while to ease into things. Um, and again, he he was not himself completely last night, but he was good enough. And only ten carries. He had ten carries, and he averaged twelve point seven yards a carry. So, um, I mean, a lot of that came on the eighty three yard run, but he had another pretty long run. Um, and he his first run was twenty, right? The right right out of the game, yeah, he went for yeah, that, and that. So he he looked like as the season goes on, like they have a star again. And whereas Dalvin Cook, it seemed like either needs some time to like ease back into football shape or he just maybe doesn't have any juice left because he didn't look great uh, compared to, to Brees. And so Brees, they missed him last year and you saw today why, because that was a legit threat. Um, and then you have Garrett Wilson who they did not throw the ball to him enough throughout the game. And I, I made a joke on Twitter, which came back to bite me when they won about how it felt like last year, you know, the defense carrying them, Zach Wilson and completions and, Brees Hall carrying the offense and Garrett Wilson not getting the ball enough like it was all like deja vu and and then he makes that amazing play in the end zone where he pretty much is falling draped in coverage like kind of tips it to himself catches it as he's falling it's one of the best catches I've seen at MetLife um like I he's he's an absolute stud and you hope that him and Zach can form a better connection than they had last year because that was you know, Garrett was one of the ones who was most vocal about his displeasure. He didn't necessarily say Zach Wilson ever, but he was pretty vocal about it. So um, I think the biggest loser is not the right word, but Rodgers getting hurt, like Garrett was headed towards like 160 target season in Devontae Adams numbers that he can still get to like significant numbers. And we can still talk about him as one of the 10 best receivers in the NFL, but it's going to be harder to get to those numbers with Zach Wilson throwing the football because they're probably not going to throw it as much with Zach as they would have with Aaron. 
they got to find a way to get him in. I know they had the one quick pass to the sideline to Garrett that didn't. He went for a loss, I think. Yeah. But if Zach's not capable of taking a drop and find, you know, like a legitimate throw to to Garrett Wilson downfield, they got to find ways to just get the ball in his hands. It's so. Every time he touches the ball, it seems like there's a chance something amazing is going to happen. By the way, hey, man, Brees. I mean, just watching those two guys and Sauce and, you know, it just – no. T- it's going to be hard for a team, Jets or otherwise, to replicate that draft Joe Douglas had last year because it's just – Jermaine Johnson. So you you have that foursome now because Jermaine Johnson, I think, looks like an absolute stud. So you have Garrett, you have Sauce, you have Jermaine Johnson, you have Brees Hall. That's – four just absolute studs and Tony Adams is a starter as an undrafted rookie you can count him in that class like that's you don't for as many misses as Joe Douglas had leading up to that draft like he couldn't have hit more home runs and so because Brees again like he's not even at 100 percent and this this dude ran for 127 yards on 10 carries against a defense that's supposed to be one of the best in the league like um it just kind of makes you go back like we're talking about what ifs like Last year's what if is if Brees Hall never goes down because they probably win a couple more games with him. Like he has that level of. Yeah, you could say what you want players. about running back value, and I think it's legit. But um, <clears throat> he is valued to, the, to a team that doesn't have a good quarterback. So um, that's uh, yeah. Brees blew me away last night. Frankly, like I, I just did not see that happening. I thought he would. I, I predicted he had five to ten carries. He had ten carries, so I was right about that. I thought he maybe would have a few splash plays. I did not expect it to go the way it did, and and now. You know, I think that's why, and I haven't really talked about this yet. Like when I went to the locker room after the game, other than Dwayne Brown and Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb because he's like best friends with Rogers. Obviously, he's like Rogers is his kid's godfather, and they call him Uncle Aaron and all that, as you saw in Hard Knocks. And then Dwayne Brown was the one who, you know, had the block that led to the injury, so he was emotional. But otherwise, like everybody was like they were celebrating the win and they were kind of happy in there. Maybe it was like the shock of the moment. I don't know. But like at, at one point I saw Makai like all joyfully talking about how he's going to go play video games and CJ Uzama, Michael Carter asking what he's going to play and talking about playing with him. And, and you have, you know, Garrett Wilson kind of laughing about his touchdown and talking about how he, that's from playing basketball and his, from his mom. And, and uh, like it, it was a happy locker room, which is not what I expected. I've been in a lot of somber locker rooms, including Jets locker rooms. Um, but anyway, so I think if you're going to be excited, if you're going to be optimistic, like number one, two, and three reasons are the defense, Brees, and Garrett Wilson, like whatever order you want to put them. And so, you know, I'm sure we're going to wrap up shortly here. Like I, the Super Bowl is no longer within sight. The season is not over, even if like the Super Bowl aspirations are, and eventually we'll move on from this moment. It just feels like we're stuck in this moment right now because it just – it's just so crazy that after all the talk we had this off season, like we're going to like these podcasts that we had all year, like everything, most of the stuff we talked about is out the window. Like our over unders are a disaster. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's the, nobody's going to forget this game ever this week, one game against the bills that they won. Um, Cause so much crazy stuff happened including Rogers going down. And, and now I'm, you know, everybody's going to have to show what they're made of, especially this coaching staff because their jobs def- depend on it. All right, I think that's a good way to finish things up. Um, We'll be back later in the week to get you ready for week two. Talk more about this as well. I'm sure we may hear from Aaron Rodgers between now and then as well, whether, you know, he goes on McAfee at some point this week. So, um, and just keep tracking Zach's stuff too on Twitter and on The Athletic. Great information coming from there. And you mentioned Diana Rossini. You guys have been working together a lot on this stuff over the last, I guess it's just, 
like 15 hours. Seems like it's been longer than that, but about 15 hours since that game started. Uh, so go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. Uh, still the great deal going a dollar a month for 12 months for new subscribers if you haven't already. So check that out. And we'll talk to everybody later on this week. We can't wait.